This is the All I Need Skate Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please let us know by subscribing, liking, and sharing an episode. Hello, everybody. I'm Anthony Shetler, the host with the most. Each and every episode is brought to you by All I Need, which is skateboarding. If you found this episode valuable, please consider sponsoring an episode by making a purchase from our online skate shop at allineedskate.com. We have the finest seven-ply Canadian maple skateboards made right here in the USA, and we have 12 years worth of graphics to choose from, as well as some of the most comfortable apparel out there. If you would like a shout-out on the show, all you got to do while checking out of our online store is find the customer notes section and write down what, where, and who you'd like me to shout out. This episode is brought to you by Scooch. Scooch makes awesome phone cases, screen protectors, and car mounts for Apple, Samsung, and LG. The Scooch team is located in Noblesville, Indiana, founded by a successful serial entrepreneur, John Staggy. Each product is crafted to provide true value. Each team member is fully committed to serving you with world-class levels of customer service. So why Scooch? The answer is simple. There wasn't a case available that did what we wanted it to do. Looking at the cases out there, we saw two choices, protection cases and fashion cases. We knew we could provide something with more value, something more useful, something that would let you use your phone in all ways it's meant to be used, as the new TV, the GPS, the social connector, and the memory maker while still protecting it. That's why we created Scooch. And with every product, we vow to create something useful that is worthy of your dollars. John Staggy, CEO and founder. Scooch sent me some awesome phone cases for myself and my skate team, and they're very durable and functional. I really like this one. This is the Wingman. It has this handle that pops out. It's a kickstand. You can put your phone down and watch it. You know, whenever you're trying to watch something, you always got to prop your phone up. It's constantly sliding down, whether you're doing the dishes and you're trying to watch something on YouTube. But you can set it vertical, watch it horizontal, and it's awesome when filming. I got that little extra grip right there. You know when you're trying to film and you just don't, you're always like trying to get it with one hand, get the angle. Um, this this little kickstand is awesome for just holding on, man. I've been getting all the angles now. Choo, 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 choo. Um, yeah, awesome products, awesome people. If you're in need of a new phone case or accessories, please use our affiliate link, which is scoochcase.com forward slash all I need. And that is S-C-O-O-C-H-C-A-S-E dot com forward slash all I need. Our guest today is Stuart Cullen of Rawi Skateboards coming out of Portrush, Northern Ireland. I first met Stu years ago on a fiber road trip to Portrush. Even back then I could tell he was an epic human. It was good to sit down with him and talk all about Rawi and building a brand, and his community work. Stu is the man, and he is a positive force for skateboarding. I hope you enjoy this episode. I figured we'd just start at the top, man. Maybe start with how you got into skateboarding initially. Yeah, um, well, the, the one thing about coming on to your podcast that I first thought about was, like, anybody else you've had on, people are going to have some idea of who they are, and, like, anybody watching this isn't going to have a clue who i am if you know what i mean so ireland yeah. in the building ireland in the building 
Yeah, that's it. You know, um, so I, I come from the other side of the pond and uh, um, I live on the very north coast of Northern Ireland, which is the very top of Ireland um, in a place called Port Stewart, uh, which is like a really cool sort of coastal area. Um, it's where game, a lot of Game of Thrones was filmed. Um, literally, the beach five minutes from my house was Dorne in uh, Game of Thrones. And uh, so, yeah, we, we, it's sort of, I would say, it's, it's a bit like California, but, like, really cold. Um, like, our summers is, like, um, you know, 20 degrees Celsius. You know, it's it's not... It's not warm at all, you know. So we, anytime we want heat or anything like that, we have to jump on a plane and take off. But the whole sort of ethos in this area is really sort of, you know, really cool because, um, and the world's starting to wake up to it now. We have some of the best surf breaks in the world in Ireland. Um, and like um, growing up, surfing was always part of our lifestyle and then obviously same as you know anyone else in any area that you have surfing skating's a, a big sort of influence as well you know but um my i really started skating because same with like my music taste and my fashion and everything it came from my big brother um growing up he's he's about five years older than me and um like he had dreadlocks down to, to his ass. He drove a Volkswagen camper van and uh, he surfed and he skated and he listened to like NWA and Public Enemy. And like, I, I denied it for so many years, but I just thought he was cool as fuck. You know what I mean? And I thought, I thought all his mates were cool and uh, they all hated me because I was like the wee brother that was always hanging about. And uh, yeah, I, I got into got into skating through that, and mainly sort of starting off, it was obviously a bit of street skating. But then um, we were, we had like down by the beach, um, one of my brother's friends, a guy called Paddy McGarvey, which is couldn't you couldn't have a more Irish sounding name. Um, he <laughs> built this like really gnarly mini ramp in his back garden, and. Um, there was this one summer that I will remember for the rest of my life. And it was just like every day, it seemed the weather was great. And every day you went down to, to Paddy's ramp. And when you got too hot from skating the ramp, you picked up a surfboard or a bodyboard and you walked down these steps on his back garden that took you pretty much straight onto the beach. Uh, you went in and cooled down and then you came back. And there all, you know, it always seemed like there was like, 20 30 people there skating now i'm sure there wasn't but look you know the memories of it are just like it was the the best summer i've ever had back then whenever i was a kid you know and i learned so much from those guys and um you know the the ramp was pretty pretty steep to start with they had to mellow it out a bit you know it was only four foot and i think the first incarnation of it even had a bit of vert on it like you know what i mean it was <laughs> It was pretty tight. Um, and then they melded it out and it was just, it was an awesome ramp that still to this day has so many memories for, for so many people, you know? Yeah, that's it. The ramp's still going? No, the ramp is gone 20, 20 30 years ago, so it is. But oh. <laughs> um, we, had, we actually discovered um, some photographs of it 
um, recently of my brother skating it and a couple other guys skating it as well. And um, it's featured on a couple of Instagram accounts, worldwide sort of skate Instagram accounts and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we, we, growing up, there was sort of, I had sort of two groups of friends and one group were into like football, which you guys would call wrongly soccer. Um, and they would be into like football and rugby and stuff like that. And then there was another group of friends that were like into surfing and skating. And then as we grew older and more near this stage of our lives, snowboarding and stuff like that. Um, and it was just a really cool place to grow up. And like I, you got to experience it. If I, I don't know how much of it you can remember back in 2001 for a couple of days and i remember i I remember nick dompierre chasing sheep like hopping the fence (laughs) that that was in wheels i i still tell that story that that was in wheels oh okay it was um nick was only 12 i think when he was on that tour he was like really young yeah he looked uh, looked like a little midget he was like a solid little thick guy at that time I remember whenever because I, I I felt really bad because when we were in like England and stuff, we would go out to bars in the night and he had to stay in wherever we were staying. And then we got to my hometown in Ireland and uh, I worked in the local bar at that time. So I said to the bar staff, listen, we're going to bring this kid in. We won't let him drink. But I think I think we got him a couple of drinks that night. You know? But um, Definitely. <laughs> you know, it's it's I I everybody says or most people say where they come from is is a, you know a great place to grow up um northern ireland is an awesome country and i'm very lucky and very blessed for the area of northern ireland i grew up in because obviously the country's had its problems over the years as well and we were kind of never really affected by that growing up where we lived that's sick, man. Yeah, it sounds like an epic place to grow up. And the Legend of the Ramp sounds sick. And those yeah. ses- those fucking sessions are the best. Like, <clears throat> just when you're young and you're learning tricks and you're all you're doing with your homies every day is like, let's get free to go skate. And then it's like the fucking best feeling. Those it's sessions. A, yeah, totally. And like over the years, there's been so many. Like at one stage, the, the next town up, which is where you, whenever you run the five bro tour, um, you did a demo outside a nightclub in Port Rush, which is the next, it's like five miles up the road from where I live. And uh, at one stage, um, like that was in, in the 90s, one of the biggest nightclubs in the UK. It was packing in three, three and a half thousand people on a Saturday night. Um, and they were paying like DJs tens of thousands of pounds to fly in and play for a couple of hours. And at one stage, there was a mini ramp inside the nightclub that people were skating while the nightclub was open. And then it was moved outside into the car park. And I remember whenever the nightclub wasn't open, you were having to climb over the fences to get into it. And there was a chain across it to stop people skating it whenever the people that owned it weren't there. And, (laughs) you know, we've just had so many cool spots, um, you know, that popped up. And they've all been sort of what we would call DIY spots, you know, um, all sort of made from people's own money and people's own wood and stuff like that. Um, and it hasn't been until really the last, I would say, 10 years, since maybe a wee bit longer, before we started actually getting skate parks in the country, you know? 
Yeah, that's awesome. I love DIYs, man. Especially yeah. like if there's nothing there, you just fucking make it happen. We used to just take over gas stations or like there was like an abandoned bowling alley. We just started building shit and like creating skate parks and yeah, like right, right here, there's been parks built in primary schools over the summer and disused old ex chicken factories and stuff like that, you know. Um, but you know, we're 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 starting to get a lot of parks now in the country. So if you if you take like Northern Ireland, there's only what one point eight million people in Northern Ireland in the whole country, which you know, coming from the states yourself, you probably have more people in the state that you're living in. Yeah, yeah, massively. Yeah. Um, so we've sort of now got parks that have popped up all over the country in the last ten years. Um, with a new park that opened last year, uh, which is pretty much a, mil- a million pound park, you know, which has opened. It's called Skate One Hundred, um, and it's like Olympic qualifying quality, you know. So um, yeah. we're starting to to get really good facilities now after so many years of not having facilities yeah where i where i grew up too we used to just have like these prefab parks and they're all the same and they're on the east coast and the weather the ramps just would sink into the ground and there would be a lip at every bottom of every quarter pipe and it was all so rough and then now it's like amazing to see all these like like you were saying like pro level skate parks where it's designed to skate someone created it like it's so cool to see those popping up now it's it's like rad you can go to like different ones you can almost feel like you're on tour <clears throat> like during the summer like you go to yeah. different skate parks and see different crews and like that's why that's why i like where i live i'm in new england so we got all these states near us we're all within driving distance so you can <clears throat> venture out and go <clears throat> excuse me and you can go uh to connecticut new york you know new uh new jersey uh rhode island like we're all right here it's sick to have so many different crews man it's cool to watch well, skateboard. Well, it's cool to watch skateboard and grow in your area probably well, you know? th- that's it and like at the moment it's massively growing over here and uh especially with the the young groms like you know we we have a huge number of under 13 skating uh both boys and girls and uh they're totally shredding it like you know and some of them are fantastic we, we sponsor um an 11 year old girl and you know she's just she's a phenomenal wee skater and she's a phenomenal person and at 11 years of age she's already a role model for other kids of her age and younger and uh she's just super funny and anytime she slams hard she's like straight back up again brushing herself off and grabbing her board and going for it again and she she you know she'll fall and fall and fall until she gets the trick and she's just totally hardcore and she's 11 you know and it's just yeah. such an inspiration to see somebody at that age you know showing other young kids what they're able to do and you know the, the other kids are looking up to her and it's fantastic like you know yeah it's cool man that's what i like about nowadays is like there's all ages of people skating like the amount of little kids it's so cool to see them like what they do and how they interpret skating it's insane man it's i, I don't know what it was like when you were growing up but like if we were young and we we turned up the, the sort of the skate community was quite fractured to the extent that if you turned up and there was older guys there skating they would be like you know fuck off get out of our way we're skating here Whereas now, like the, the the community around here is great, all the older skaters sort of 
will always stop and help the younger skaters. And, you know, they're, they're passing down their knowledge. And it's fantastic now the, the way the community's growing over here. Yeah, it's so cool, man. Yeah, it's crazy to think. I think it's just because skateboarding has sunk into culture more, you know? Yeah. It's like it's been around long enough that there's grandpa skating, you know? like, And that's awesome because then it's just like you get the full spectrum of people that have skating and knowledge, you know? It's cool. Yeah, it's it's like, cool that skating has like means that much to so many people around the world too. I think it was uh, Bucky's fifty today or something like that. What? I saw on Instagram, you know, and and it's just like it's you know, there's all these people that we looked up to when we were younger, and now there's the second generation, and even with skaters like that are coming out of the Olympics, like Sky Brown and people like that, you know, um, they're just sort of they've enabled a resurgence in the popularity of skating and it's definitely exploding over here in, in the UK yet again because as I've got older, it's sort of come and gone and drifted in and out and there's always been those hardcore skaters that have always been there, but as a sort of sport for for the community to get involved in, it's, it's you know, come and gone and stuff like that, but it's at the moment it's huge and I can't see any stopping on it at the moment, you know? Yeah, it's cool because I think the technology has allowed us to share skateboarding more so you can connect with more people and they would want to try it and it like builds it out more. You know, more people have access to different styles and you can check out any type of skating you want. You know, it's crazy. If you go online, there is every type of human ha has some version of skating like that, totally. that, that they've carried on for a long time, you know? That, that's it. And it's like, <clears throat> even now, like for those younger skaters or anybody that's starting out, you know, you can go online and even if you live in the middle of nowhere and have no mates, there's videos that'll teach you how to stand on your board, ollie and everything, you know, and it's just none of us had that when we were growing up and it's just so accessible now, you know? Oh, dude, crazy. The phones, what you can do now, like remember back in the day, dude, we'd have to get an actual person that had an actual camera bought the tapes you have to like it was so much process to actually get get like build any like video or, or Man, yeah there you go that, that that i find that today because i knew i was going to talk to you that's the original cut from 2021 of the five pro video oh that I sick shot, that i shot you know but yeah it was like you know even whenever i went on that tour with you guys it was like taking 20 30 tapes with you big camera you know and like some of the guys that we we sponsor are now like shooting on their iphones and the, the footage is just phenomenal yeah. and you, you can get it instantly now you know and it's just it just makes it all so accessible it's fantastic that's totally why i like started a youtube channel initially was because i was like dude i can like literally just film like mini vlogs or like just day in the lives or just like small video parts like anything you want and you can just like Put it somewhere you know and that's like that's it. it's, it's like again whenever we were growing up you know we weren't the facebook generation it didn't exist and so many people nowadays like facebook's a great way of storing your memories because people are putting up on instagram and putting up so many photographs and stuff like that and i look back in the day and you know back to that summer of the mini ramp and stuff like that and back to 2021 when i was with you guys and it's like I've no photographs of that. I've got the video, but that's it, you know. And for me, I was even looking online and 
Like there, there's literally no trace of that happening apart from I found the tour schedule on Transworld uh, website, you know, and uh, that that's it. Whereas now everything's there and it's always going to be there. And it's just, yeah. you know, I'm kind of glad it didn't grow up in that era, but because some of the stuff I did when I was younger, I wouldn't want it captured. And, you know, so there's that side as well. I try to uh, mitigate that a little bit. Like I take uh, all these groms on uh, skate trips and yeah, like, yeah. I, I bought a min minivan specifically for awesome. skate trips just because I was like, if I buy a minivan, <clears throat> it's just me. Like I'm going to have to use it for skate trips. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to buy an eight seat minivan. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I just like force myself into it where I'm like, yeah, this is going to make more sessions happen. And I'm like, thankful I did. It's amazing. But uh. I film like little vlogs with them and just watch them like try out who they are, you know, cause you're young, you're figuring out everything. And then with the camera camera, it's an added layer of like trying to figure out your character and your personality, you know, like <clears throat> we didn't definitely didn't have that. We had more, um, definitely freedom to like not be exposed for stupid shit we said or did. <laughs> well, that that's it. Yeah. And like so mm -hmm. much stuff can come bite back and bite you in the ass nowadays, like, you know, but listen, there's positives and negatives to everything, you know what I mean? And uh, and it I, really, it, this shit can't really bite you in the ass if you, like, just own it. If it's like, we're all human, like, shit happens, you know? Like, I have a video of, of me, like, online arguing with some dude that has 4 million views. And I definitely, like, was acting ignorant, you know? And I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of like, that bummed me out for a long time. But then I was like, no, like, I still like feel like I stood my ground. I'm a little embarrassed, you know, just because like, I was pretty, I was just like verbally ruining them. But like, you know, you have days where you're not your finest moment, you know? That's it. And, <laughs> and as well, I, I guarantee you watching back that video, you've learned something about yourself. And oh, totally. You, exactly. And I, you know, I always say like, there's, there's no bad experiences in life because as long as you learn whether you've done something stupid or made a massive mistake, as long as you learn from it, it ultimately makes you a better person. Yeah, hell yeah. It'll add depth, you know? That's growth right there is life. You That's live, it. you live, you learn, you fucking figure a way to be happy and content, you know? <clears throat> it's cool. How old are you now? I'm 44 now, man. Wow. I just, turned yeah. 40. I just turned 40. I'm in the 40 club with you, bro. Brilliant. Welcome to the club. Do you know uh, what? Like, I've got so many mates that are like, oh, I hate getting older. And I'm just like, like, don't get me wrong. Th there's still tough times in life and stuff like that. But I always see, like, the older I get, the happier I'm getting to a degree. And th the more... I'm aware of who I am as a person, and the last five years has been a, a roller coaster for me with learning about myself and learning who I am and stuff like that. And I've gone through some really hard times a couple of years back, and I'm still dealing with some parts of that. And you come out the other side, and you know, I'm glad those hard times happened because I've learned more about myself as well. And I think growing older is all right like you know I've, I've got my health so you know it's it's pretty cool getting a bit older you know hell yeah i'm it's good to hear that because i i feel the same way and i try to explain that and it's like <clears throat> it's nice to hear someone else say it it is it's nice it's nice we're lucky to have gotten this far whenever someone tells me how old they are i'm always like congratulations you made it <laughs> yeah that's it like i i have i have I had many friends that have not made it this far, you know what I mean? And uh, 
you know, I'm I've got my own house. I've got you know, I've got Rawi. I I teach part time as well. I've got a wife. I've got a daughter. I've still got my parents. I've got my brother, his wife, his kids. You know, and loads of friends. I'm blessed. Like you know, yeah. um, the way I look at it is there's there's like so many other people in the world, both near and far, that are hundred times worse worse off than I am. And you know, everybody has struggles in their lives, but we have to. You know, I'm extremely grateful for what I have. Yeah, yeah, I'm fully there, man. It's good to recognize that. And I feel the same way. It's like the longer you live, the more time you have to like figure it out and smooth out the ride and get better because no one's like perfect. You know, you're kind of like born into the world and it's a world you didn't create. So you're coming in and your senses are turned on like lights, camera, action. And it's like the world's crazy because you didn't make it. So you don't understand it, you know, and you have this yeah. new body. You're like trying to figure out your own how to control your own emotions and and thoughts and feelings, you know. So it's like a lot to try to manage. And we need time to learn to like develop, you know, and kind of pull ourselves out of ignorance, you know, because when you're young, when you're young, you're more in the world. You're not really yeah. like you're not really watching it as much. You're more feeling it and learning it as you're going. So it's like a ride more when you're young. And when you get older, you have more time to reflect on that experience, you know, and then you can adjust, you know, but it's just, you can do that anytime, I guess, but, you know, some of us, we, it takes a long time to learn shit. Dude. Well, that's <laughs> it. And, and then what happens is you end up having a kid and then like they hand you this little tiny person and it's like a way you go home and figure it all out and then the next 10 years of your life, you're just starting to learn everything again. And it's, you know, like my daughter's seven now, and I often joke, like we have a rescue dog and we had to go through more checks to get a rescue dog than we did to have a daughter, you know, uh, and we were given more advice for, you know, for the rescue dog than we were our daughter. And it's, you know, it changes priorities and, um, you know, I've definitely tried to in the last couple of years, but I'm not too good at it, um, realign my work-life balance, um, you know, and um, they're only young once and it's, you know, it's awesome to have it, but it's, uh, you know, to have that opportunity to have a child, but it's scary as hell as well. And you have to then grow up even more than you thought you already were and, um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. And it's, I, I believe it makes me a better person because I try to be a better person because of her. So yes, it's, I think life is a constant learning journey and I don't think you ever stop learning or, or evolving as a person, you know? Yeah, you definitely are learning, relearning, letting go of things and like allowing new thoughts to come in and looking yeah. at things from different angles. It's so complex. You can never really you're, – you're along for the ride, you know? So right that's when you it. think you have it all figured out, you're just on the break and not knowing something that's going to help you like grow. It might be a painful growth, but <laughs> – Yeah, that's it. It's crazy because we hang on to so many ideas that were just like, this defined me, this helped me get this far, you know? But then at some point, it's like some of those ideas have just become rocks in a backpack or something. And it's like, you just forget to put the weight down. You're just still going. Yeah. You're like, oh, if I put this down, it'll be like the ride will be a little lighter maybe, you know? <laughs> it, it's Yeah, it's like, like I say, like I, I've learned a lot about myself in the last five years and it's still a work in progress, you know, but it's definitely there's a lot 
whenever you set that baggage down and, and sometimes it's baggage you feel that you're, you're never able to set down but whenever you set it down you realize shit that's been holding me back for so many years and it's it's just you know it's been me that's been allowing that to happen you know and now it's yeah. me that's allowing it not to happen you know so um yeah getting rid of baggage is good you know yeah, the thing that's been helping me with that is just realizing that <clears throat> if I can let something go that no longer serves me, that frees up that space for something good to come in or something that could serve me or help me, you know? So it's like sometimes you just got to let go of certain ideas that you were like so convinced and you just like, <laughs> you learn, so you got to learn, you know? It's like an ongoing process till we're gone, I'm sure. Yeah, that's, my, dad that's always, a- my dad always says to me, don't let people and things live rent free in your head. People you know? and things. Yeah, that's totally yeah. true. So it's, you know, don't, and that's one of the things, you know, especially with running the business and stuff like that, you know, there's everybody has an opinion and everybody supports or hates or, you know, has, has their own thought on what you're doing and stuff like that. And, you know, you worry so much about it and then you realize, but you can't control what people are thinking. So you just have to trust in yourself that what you're doing is right and, and hope that you're correct in that, you know? So yeah, um, it's, it's again with the business, it's been, you know, sometimes it's tough and people are criticizing or whatever, and you're going, okay, right. Fair enough. That's your opinion, but I can't change that. I can't, you know, that's your own opinion. So I need to let it go and not worry about it and just get on with what I'm doing. And hopefully the decisions we make with regards to the business, same with yourself are the correct ones, you know? Yeah, dude. I feel like that's the right approach. Totally. Cause you're the one with the spark or the fire that you're carrying it forward. Like the tradition of it, that you're investing in something, you're building it. You had the spark to do it, you know? So it's like to let other people around you put the spark out uh intentionally or not aware like unconscious they don't sometimes people just say shit because maybe they're jealous or maybe they say shit because they just are a little kid who has an opinion or some old bitter person or whatever age you are like i've even done that that's part of the learning growing thing is like but i agree with your that approach is like you gotta if it's something you care about you just gotta like you gotta know that you're carrying that forward and like take in information but also don't take everything to heart you know because it's like not everyone has to like a certain thing and people are at different stages it's hard to remember that you know yeah i have like a 24 hour 40 hour period every time that i'm just like this shit they don't like what we're doing you know or and then i question everything we're doing i'm like are we doing the right thing have we gone about it the right way? And then like 24 hours later, whenever my head's clearer, 48 hours later, and I sort of chilled out a wee bit, I'm like, do you know what? No, it's 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 noise. You know what I mean? And sometimes you take on board and you go, do you know what? They have a point because like, as with everything, you know, we don't always get everything right. Um, that's impossible. You know what I mean? But um, as long as, the way I look at it, as long as our intentions are right and our, our end goal is right, um, if we make mistakes along the way, as long as we, like we were saying earlier, sort of own up to them and and learn from them and move forward, then it's it's we're doing the right thing. Yeah, I remember like a long time ago when I started All I Need, I went through phases like that too, for sure. And it, what ends up ha- happening or what happened with me is like... <clears throat> 
after like so long you do it you're like oh yeah you i have all these memories i have all this collection of stuff and like more so than i ever have in my life and i'm like oh this is more value than it's not you know it's like good reminder that was another reason i started a youtube channel and the podcast was like whenever like i have that doubt and fear or i I'm feeling ungrateful. I'll go back and watch or listen to the stuff that yeah. we've done. And it's like, I'm like, no, this is all amazing. Like all of this is, you know, it's just uh, trying to remember that. <laughs> you know? And that, that's it. We, we have a photograph and it's of me and my business partner in a local department store a year and two mm-hmm. months ago. And we're literally selling our stuff off a table in this local department store. And now we, now we have like two shops, um, you know, and with staff that work for us and we're, we're building the brand and we're building what we're doing. And we've got a skate school that, you know, like at the moment we, our coaches are in like primary schools, which like seven or five to 10 year olds sort of age group in primary schools every day of the week, Monday to Friday with two weekend skate schools. And it's just like, we, I keep looking at that photograph going, that was a year and two months ago and look at where we're at now. So, you know, and I'm going, where the hell are we going to be in another year and two months time? And, you know, that's my sort of grounding whenever the self-doubt creeps in is I look at that and I look at where we are now and, you know, we're not making huge money i'm not making a living out of it yet but we're going in the right direction you know what i mean and we're, we're able to pay our staff we're able to develop the brand um and i just look at that photograph and i think i'll always keep that photograph as a sort of ground of god you know that's where you started from and look where you're at now yeah man yeah you guys are doing great that's amazing um and as long as your heart's in it and you're, you're not above hard work, like you'll find ways, you know, there's ups and downs in all things, you know, and as long as you're like um, able to maneuver and shift and be flexible yeah. in some degree and you have people that love it or are involved, skate schools are sick, man. I love the skateboard lessons. Like they've helped me as much as like the people I've been teaching skateboard lessons, yeah. to, you know, like it's a chance to relive skating. That's awesome, Stu. Yeah. No, it's it's cool, and you know we have, I would say about seventy kids a week are going wow. through our skate school. You know, and you know it's hard work. Our our instructors are are phenomenal. Um, they're all qualified by Skateboard GB, which is the Olympic governing body over here for skating. Um, so they've all done their training courses with them, and they're such good coaches to the fact that they are in it for the right reasons. They obviously, you know, are in it as a job, but, you know, I call down and I go around the schools and I check in and I go to the weekend skate schools and they genuinely have this, like, really visible passion for passing it down to the next generation, you know, and they like, whenever, like, I, I was down on Saturday there and uh, one of the skate schools there was like this kid who has only recently taken up skating and he, he got his first move in Ollie. And uh, like the, the instructor was like buzzing for him and the smile on this kid's face was unbelievable. And then we had another girl that um, we, we held a birthday party, a skateboarding birthday party, and uh, she had never skated before. 
um, and by like an hour and 45 minutes length of the, of the lesson for the party, um, our instructor had her dropping in on a three foot quarter pipe by herself. Yeah. And whenever she landed it, man, she was jumping up and down on the spot. The smile was ear to ear. And I was going, this is what it's about. You know what I mean? It's, it's yes, it's, it's, it's a business, but it's, it's passing that on and it's, it's supporting and it's, you know, opening up the sport to people that have never had the opportunity to do it before. And we are very blessed with our instructors for that. Yeah, man. It's cool to be able to share skating with someone or help them along the way on some level, you know, like with the lessons, they take a little less bruising because you can kind of guide them in yeah. how, to, how to drop in, how to push. <clears throat> I like the beginner lessons a lot because it's cool to get someone mobile on a skateboard because then they yeah. can explore their environment, you know, which is like one of my favorite things about skating. Just being able to lurk around and go street skating and stuff and just be able to get around on your board as like a thing. Yeah. That's um, oh, I wanted to ask you about uh, explain the fibro. How did that all? How did you? How did that all get lined up back in the day? Um, <clears throat> that was such a fun trip too. Maybe it, it was a crazy trip, man. Um, I have a scrapbook, I think from Dingo, I John Hoisington, and it yeah. has like, I think I have like I shouldn't probably have this because it's probably illegal, but I think I have like a leaf or like something from over there that's like in a book or like something that you're not supposed to bring on a plane, but. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that was, uh, again, like that was what, 20 odd years ago. So um, I had <laughs> just finished college and I'd done like media at college. So I, I went to, like, again, really blessed. So I went to school in my hometown and um, I'm, there's not a lot of people in life that can say that they went to school in a castle. Um, but I went to school, well, Harry Potter yeah. could, but I, I went to school on in a castle on top of a cliff overlooking the Atlantic Ocean and a two-mile golden sand beach, you know, so blessed. And uh, I went to that school and I did fuck all academically. I was like... <laughs> I was a nightmare for the teachers. I, I did no work. And it wasn't because I, I, I was stupid or anything like that. I was just, I, I was just lazy, you know? And um, I remember like, so over here we do what's called GCSEs, um, which is when you're 15, you do a whole pile of exams and they determine then what you go on or they say they determined what you go on to do with your life and blah, blah, blah. Um <laughs> And I, you do mock exams, first of all, and I passed them all. And as soon as I passed them, I was like, this is great. I don't have to do any revision anymore. I've got this nailed. And then I did the real exams and failed them all, bar three. <laughs> and uh, basically, I at that stage then, I didn't have the opportunity to go back and do my last two years of school in that school. Um, so I was like, right, what am I going to do? And... I decided I would go to the local college and um, there was two choices. There was sports science or media. And I was like, I can't. And sports science back then was very much football or orientated. And I was like, I don't like which football. Fo which football? Real right football. football? So <laughs> soccer. Yeah. Soccer. Um, and uh, I was like, I don't want to go and, and study that and run up and down a football pitch. So I went and did media and I had no interest in media at all. 
And um, the second I joined that course, I just fell in love with making videos and editing and stuff like that. Um, and then two years later, I, I came out of that and I had the summer between the end of college and going to university. And uh, a good friend of mine um, back then, Ruth Woodside. Yeah, um, Ruth, what up? Yeah, Ruth? so Ruth, I think, knew Steve uh, Rodriguez. And um, I think it came through that. And I got asked to come along and I was like, yeah, go on a skate tour with with a, a team from America, from New York. Yeah, hell yeah. So um, I was <laughs> I was looking at the tour schedule today. So we started in Northern Ireland. We then went to Scotland to Livingston, which is a very famous outdoor park with a bowl and stuff in it. Um, we then went to I have I have a list of it here. We then went to Liverpool. Hell yeah, um, hell yeah. Brian so Sumner, what up, yeah. Sumner? Um, and then we went to uh, Derby, um, which I decided in Derby that there was a 12-foot vert ramp there. And I was like, yeah, I've skated many ramps. This can't be much different. And I remember going, right, I'm going to drop in on it. And uh, I, I think it was Aaron who was like sort of gone, do it, do it, do it. And I, I stood on the coping and I was like, man, this is fucking huge. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I was like, do you know what? I can't not drop in on this ramp. I'm surrounded by a bunch of skiers from New York. Like, and uh, I dropped in, man, and I just slammed. I just, you know, it, it was like, it was my version of like Jake Brown's slam on the vert ramp. You know what I mean? I just fell the whole 12 foot, landed on my arm, was completely busted. Whole, sort of got up and tried to style it out because I didn't want everybody to know that I was, I, I was really hurt and sort of walked over to a corner and sat down and sort of licked my wounds, you know, but um, it was a great tour. Like we, we went to London, we ended up in Dublin and then you all came back up to Northern Ireland again, I think, to mine. And we did a bit of sightseeing around the coast and went out and yeah, it was, it was a great, you know, and there's great people on, the, on that tour as well, you know. Yeah, it was such a solid crew, man. Yeah, that was such a crazy trip. <laughs> and like you're saying, like Nick was only Nick Dompier was only like twelve years old and his folks let him come to the other side of the world with like a bunch of reprobates, you know. Hooligans, <laughs> yeah. Hooligans, yeah. Like <laughs> and and I do I still tell the story and I, <laughs> I I'm glad you brought it up because I don't think people believe me of you know the van pulling up at the side of a field and in, in wheels and like people running around the field chasing sheep and do you know where the, why that actually happened we so just, no we just probably that, started egging them on bro <laughs> I, I think it was i think it came from a conversation because dan pencil had a black sheep tattoo on his on his um arm and um we were asking him all about that and then I think the conversation was like, oh, you know, sheep are really hard to catch. And <laughs> I think Nick was like, I could catch a sheep. So we just pulled the van up at the side of a field and fired him over the fence. And um, yeah, sheep are pretty hard to catch. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, they are. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, it was a, it was a great tour. Um, I did a load of filming. We, like when you, you skated South Bank in London, which is a legendary spot. And, you know, um, but 
like looking back at it now, most of the parks that we went to don't exist anymore. You know, it's sad yeah. in that respect as well. They've shut down, and some of them were were good big parks, like as well, all all indoor. Most of them bar Livingston, really. Yeah, the parks were amazing. I remember just being like culture shocked, you know, just being somewhere new. Like that was Fibro days. I was like my first time ever really getting to travel, you know. I was yeah. like always amazed that Steve could pull off stuff like that. Like Fibro is like a relatively small brand, you know. We went to Japan too, which was amazing, and then that whole trip too. So well, cool. All, like, all, all, one of the things I can remember about the UK tour was that I don't think we knew where we were sleeping from one night to the next, and I, I think it was Derby or Northampton, and uh, we rocked up and whoever the guy was that had organized the demo which was in like a car park of like a shopping center or something um he managed to get us into like university accommodation that wasn't being used over the summer yeah and like i like there's video for there's there's clips on that video of like everybody was wasted that night and like <laughs> running havoc through these places and then we went to a bar and i like I can't even remember how on the nights out we got to bars, got back to bars because nobody knew where we were staying every night, you know. Yeah. So it, it was, you know, it was a great trip, and it was uh, I I learned a lot on that trip, and I had great times, and um, there was some down times on it, but it was, it was I just look back on it with so many fond memories, you know. Yeah, dude, amazing. So and I'm amazing. still in touch with, like, still in touch with yourself, still in touch every now and again with Josh. Um, Hell yeah, Josh Moretti. Josh Moretti, he's living upstate New York, a photographer now. Um, talk to Nick every now and again on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you know, so, and, like, Aaron, I, I had a quick conversation with him on Instagram um, about six, eight months ago as well, like, you know, so it's, it's still good to to touch base with people because, like, it was one of those things that, again, from my youth that I always look back at going, it was class and it was great for us to be able to bring, you know, a team like yourselves to Northern Ireland as well, to our local area, because, you know, obviously tours haven't really been happening in the last five, six years because of COVID and all that shit. But, like, Northern Ireland, quite often, if there's teams coming across, they hit the mainland UK and and they don't come to Northern Ireland. And it's a shame because we've got so many awesome spots and the people are awesome and the country's awesome. And, you know, it, it would be cool to see more teams hitting Northern Ireland, you know. Dude, that's the best. Yeah, that would be epic. <laughs> you know. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of drinking going, for sure, going on for sure. There I, uh, was a severe, a severe amount of drinking going on on that tour, so there was. Dan was sl Dan was slamming him back at that time. I think he's been sober for a long time now, but I know on some of those five road trips, those guys are raging. Was Tato on yeah. that one? Was did Tato go on that trip? No, no, no. I don't think so. Me, me and Dan Sosky. had a sort of love hate relationship on that tour, um. So we did. <laughs> so one day we would like each other, the next day we would hate each other, yeah. and then. I remember he was vegetarian as well. And I remember I did the food run one day and gave him the wrong food and it all kicked <laughs> off. And then, um, he, you know, at night when we were all drinking, everybody was best friends again. But Dan had some heavy slams on that tour as well. He, he, um, on, 
again watching the video this afternoon, we were in, I think, Milton Keynes, and he did like a 12 set and like came straight down, smacked his head off the concrete and, you know, and ramp works and ramp city in Dublin and stuff. He'd, you know, he's he always skated as hard as he could on, the, on that trip. So he did, you know. Yeah, Dan was like a rock star, man. He would just like yeah. party, party hard and fucking shred hard too, you know. That's it, and he he, he has that look of a rock star as well. He's you know, uh, with the blonde hair and the good looking face, and he just you know he was he was pretty hardcore, like yeah. He's got some beautiful eyes, dude. Piercing yeah. eyes, dude. That's it, you know. Yeah, he's a um, rock star, dude. <laughs> I don't think I drank. I probably drank a little bit, but I never really drank. I don't think I drank that much. I definitely probably got drunk a few times though. <laughs> yeah, and like I say, I think we, if I remember correctly, whenever we got back up to my town, um, we got Nick into a into a bar, and I think definitely he maybe had one or two wee drinks that he night. Definitely but, did. <laughs> yeah, but I I remember like because he literally looked like like a ten year old. Well, he he was twelve, but he was such a baby face as well. And I remember having him in the bar, and everybody had been like. Who the fuck's the kid in the bar at 1am <laughs> drinking Jack Daniels and Coke or whatever it was he was drinking, you know? Imagine if uh, you could show him what he looks like now. This is him. Yeah, that's that man. He's a tank now, so he is. Like, Dude, he's, he's like an action hero. That's, that's it, insane. you know? And and I just look back and go, shit, that was that kid that could just, like, get crazy high airs off, off like, quarter pipes and stuff like that. And now he's literally, like, eight-pack and CrossFit and... You know he's he's done well. Yeah, Nick Nick uh always like charged whatever he did, man. Even when he was young and skating, he was just excelled at it. You know, he charged super hard, and then he got into like cars. He got into like a lot of stuff, and he always gets into stuff super heavy. Like yeah, but uh yeah, he's he seems to be doing great, man. It's uh, unbelievable. It's cool to know that like. <clears throat> I don't know. The stuff that he learned from skating helped him in different areas of his life, you know, which is awesome. Like well, that's this- a, and like, like in the past, I don't know if he's still doing it now, but like he, he's worked a bit with Bam and stuff like that as well, trying to get him back on, on the right path and stuff like that, you know. So, he, you know, he's definitely, he, again, he, he's a, a great role model and it's great to see somebody that I knew when, you know, albeit for 10 days or whatever, when he was 12, it's great to see the man he's grown up into, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, you end up watching him through skating a lot. Remember, you end up riding for DC and Real yeah. and all that stuff, so it's, like, it's cool to see people be successful and keep going. And he had his trials and tribulations, too, with uh, yeah. issues that he, had like, talked about at times and. uh and he overcame, you know, and then found positive outlets and still skates and still, like, just rips at life. I love that, dude. That's I've known it. Nick since we were little kids, man. And, <clears throat> you know, I just – it's ha- it's good to see him succeed, you know. I know, where he's, I know exactly. where he's from, you know. We're from the same area. So, it's Brilliant. awesome. Yeah. Nick's the man. That's so sick. He's just ripped now. He's disciplined, dude. He's just like when he was gapping out big nose blunts down in DC ads and stuff and crazy shit like that. We were like, this dude's insane. And now, like, he does that even with fitness and it's insane, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. So, the big question then is, dude, when are you going to come on tour back to the UK? I'm down. I'll- yeah, we'll we'll if you want to bring the team over anytime, we'll host you and we'll we'll, we'll look after you as when you come across, like you know. Yeah, we'll find a way. It's good to have a bridge already, so that would be amazing. 
you know, because like I say, like, especially for Northern Ireland and Ireland, it, it would be good to get more, you know, teams across and stuff like that. Like some of the guys over here absolutely rip. So they do, they're, they're phenomenal skiers, you know, and you know yourself, if you're skating with somebody at that level and there's somebody slightly better than you or whatever, it really helps you push yourself and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like, there's one of the guys that skates for us, a guy called Colin Green. He's South African. He's lived over here for probably the last 10, 15 years. He's about probably 10 years. Um, he's in his early 20s. He, he works for us in the shop. He's one of our coaches. And he's just like tearing the place apart at the moment, you know. And he really blossoms whenever he's skating with better skaters. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, we'd love to have you, you guys over like, you know. Yeah, hell yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I totally agree. It, it we had have we have to do it for the tour video because it's just like the tour videos yeah. are the best. We do it, some yeah. do a skate jam, skate some street stuff, explore the new lands. That's, That's it. Exactly. That's the whole reason I like even do the brand is because I want to do more of that, like skating and filming and traveling. That stuff is the best part of skating, you know. That's it. And have you been in the UK since then, or was that the last time you were over? That was probably the well, no, maybe New York days. I feel like okay, I yeah. might have rolled through. I'd have to go back and kind of look again. It's been so long, dude. It's crazy. I might have went back after though. Yeah, dude, so cool. Every time I got to travel and skateboarding, like out of the country, I always, always like blew my mind. It's so such a awesome thing to be able to go experience a whole different place. You know, like. Exactly. It's mind blowing. It's like the coolest thing. It pulls you out of your own situation and kind of gives you that open perspective more about the world. It's crazy to know people. Like I remember when I went to China back in the day and when I first got there, I was like, dude, this place is so crazy. It doesn't make sense. It's so foreign to me, you know? And then after like two weeks, I'm like, oh no, it's like, they they have dick jokes too, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's like, oh, they're just like us, dude. <laughs> We're all the same. Like this place is, it looks different, but they're like, people are here, you know, like, that's a, like I, it's I, good to I, know I, that, you know, cause, yeah. it, cause all the politics and governments and everything that we have to deal with out, you know, it's insane, you know, but if you actually got outside your own country and like went to other places, it's a little easier to empathize and be like, yeah, they're just fucking working people and like trying to survive. And that's a, I, I love traveling. And like part of my, my work outside of Rawi was, is working on like live events and stuff like that. Oh, and cool. That's cool. Through, through the media background. So like I get the direct concerts and uh, I w work through this one company and they had like the, the contract for the world barista championships. Wow. So it's basically like people being making coffee, you know, and uh, like the world, the the year before COVID, I was in like Amsterdam, Rio de Janeiro, uh, Kansas wow. City, Boston, you know. And you get to travel around, and you get to, you know, obviously you're working and stuff like that, but you get to see around the places, you get to meet the people, and you know, people are the same everywhere you go. You know, p people have the same humor, they they have the same struggles, they have the same aspirations. Um, but they just all come from different places, and I, I love traveling, man. Yeah, it's def definitely valuable. So yeah, that we definitely have, we'll find a way. <laughs> I, it's, it's crazy because I I like have here's how my teams are broken up. I have a pro team, which is awesome. Yeah. I have one amateur. So let me see how many pros we got. So Billy, Evan, Derek, Timmy, 
myself, Goonan, six pros, one amateur, Jacob Jensen, and then I have a massive flow team of just rippers. That's yeah. like it changes, and they like it's so. But it's so cool because like I've done some traveling with the pro team. You know, like we've gone to Florida, California. We've definitely gone all over New England, and I don't think we went out of the country. And then um, the flow team, I just imagine taking them on trips, you know? Like, I've they, yeah. I, I've been starting to bring them around New England. Like, we went skated street, street skating in Providence. We've gone to New York and skated parks and street skating in Brooklyn. We've gone to Maine and, like, hit up skate parks and random street spots on the way that were like, oh, that's a spot. Fucking pull over. Get, like, teach, teaching these kids how to street skate and, like, so fun, dude. So, like, getting to explore with them. But like you, you imagine back back in two thousand and one, like for Nick at twelve years of age, yeah, yeah, what an experience that was! Like you know how much he would have grown up and learnt about the world, and you know like he was on the other side of the world from his family, and you know he was on tour with you know young adults and crazy times and traveling all over the uk and ireland all at 12 years of age like the, that's life defining moments you know and yeah. if you if you have the ability when i say you i mean yourself or myself or other people in, in our situations have the ability to to give those opportunities to younger people that they'll remember for the rest of their lives how cool is that to be able to, to offer that you know yeah, that's what that's what I always loved about Steve. Steve was like uh as much as he was a brand, he was like um a friend and like a father figure, you know? And he would open up those opportunities for people, you know? He just loved you. If you skated hard, you worked hard and like you weren't a, you were trying hard, you weren't like a dipshit, you know? And you yeah, were tr yeah. you're trying to do good overall. He would like open up cool opportunities like that. He did a bunch like he took me like straight from the projects to Japan. I'm like, Gee, first time like it just pulled me out of where I was, you know, it's like, and that was amazing. Cause that like helped me look past all the crazy shit in my life. I had issues and stuff. And then, and also that really helps too, because especially for Nick too, is like <clears throat> someone believes in you enough. And like as a skateboarder, yeah. especially with Nick, cause he was so young that that just probably lit his fire. Like that's probably the gas tank that fueled him to become pro and do all that. Holy. You know, like you need that in life. You need people to like, take that role that's part of the reason why i built all i need too is to carry on tradition of that because like steve did that for me he was like yeah man i believe in you like you know <laughs> and he would be like a father figure and be like call me out when i do dumb shit but then he'd also like be really cool and reward me you know if i skated hard you know see that's the same with our guys like the, you know we say to them if we're doing something wrong or if we're doing something that doesn't sit right with you come and tell us and they have done on several occasions. And the second I've said it to us, we're, we're like, do you know what? You're 100% right. Because again, you don't always get it right. And Harmony, if, you know, I think that's part of trying to grow a good brand and a decent brand that you can be proud of is listening to feedback from those people that are close to you. And, you know, whenever you do make mistakes, listen to it, learn from it, grow yeah. from it, move on, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, we're we're trying to expand um what we're doing and uh, build the brand and stuff like that. And um, you know, 
one of one of the things we're very mindful of is we don't want to just be a brand that's just for our local area. Um, but at the same time, we always want to know where we've come from, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, we're building now. We've got the two shops where we've um, we've had three decks out so far. We're, we're, we're getting that all sorted to expand on that. Um, you know, and the likes of Colin that I was talking about that skates for us, he was the only Irish skater that was invited to the GB Nationals to skate at them. Um, you know, so he's... What, what, so what, what, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but what, what is that? What was the, is it a contest? So the GB Nationals is basically um, uh, UK or Great Britain wide competition that's run by Skateboard GB. Um, oh, okay, and okay. It's broadcast on the BBC um, over here, which is one of our main terrestrial channels. Um, so it's, it's a pretty big deal. So um, Colin... That's- Colin, the weekend we were sending, or the weekend he was going over to England to get his coaching qualification. Um, we realized that in Manchester, um, there was a Red Bull sponsored competition on. Um, so we entered him into that and he won it. And then off the back of that, he got into the GB Nationals. Um, and then, um, so the GB Nationals, there's a street section and then there's a park section as well. So he skated in the street section on that. And again, skating with, you know, guys that are have grown up skating parks and stuff like that compared to, to him who, you know, hasn't had that opportunity. It was a fantastic learning curve for him as well. Yeah, yeah. I had that learning curve too because I grew yeah. up, I started skating in New Hampshire and it was just like a curb, you know, <laughs> like that's all he skated. And then it's crazy when you get access to like some crazy good skate parks. It's crazy how fast you can learn, you know. Well, that that's it. And like he he always pushes himself, and uh, you know he just uh, he's we we have the saying everything we love about him, we hate about him because he really pushes us as well. And I'm like, man, give us a break. And he wants everything right away, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it pushes us to think quicker and to to develop what we're doing at a higher rate than what we would be doing. But you know, it, it's it's good to have that younger enthusiasm pushing us as well, if you know what I mean. So Oh, I uh, do, man. You need that throughout the brand, you know. Like like I've been through um like I said, I have a pro team, one AM and then a bunch of flow teams. Yeah. Like that cycle. I'm I'm trying to work on building up more of an am team now and uh even it out but it's like that energy you know you need people at different stages that are given to the brand you know at a different level to be a role model too like it's good to be like i I almost was like try to talk my way out of having a pro model board and then my sales rep was like we got to keep them they sell and like you know like you're still like you can be pro and i was like uh you know because i'm like i don't feel i don't feel i have that same I still love skating, but like, I'm not a, I'm not like, I don't feel like I have to go get that video part, you know, like yeah, I used yeah. to have that killer instinct where I'm like, I'm always working on a video part, pushing myself, like it was ingrained in me since I was a little kid, you know? So it's hard to like, so that's why I was like, I don't feel like such a pro. My cut, my sales rep talked me back in. He's like, you got to have a board and like talk me back in. I was like, all right, I'm back in. I always feel pro in the sense that like, 
I've skated a long time. I've done a lot yeah. of stu- stuff in skating and like, I feel like a pro, you know, but like, I feel like you got to really be going for it to have that pro board. You got to be like on a mission to like be pushing your skating further than you can. You know, there's a time when yeah. you're just at your best. There's like only so much and you got to do the most you can, you know, but yeah, that so, energy, that energy comes yeah, from, there's there, like a there's professional one, amateur well, flow. There's one of our guys, um, Thomas, who like forever will be a big reason, a big part of what we are, if you know what I mean, because a lot of what we are came out of meeting him and having conversations with him and really sort of defined where where we were going as a brand. And um, Thomas is a great lad. He, he's in his early 20s, um, fantastic skater. Has only been skating for a couple of years, actually, but is just one of these natural skaters. Um, so, you know, we're not at the stage that we can afford to pay people salaries to be pros and stuff like that. Um, but what we did as a way of thanking him was um, we, we our second Rowie board that we got made, we got him to design it and his yeah. signature's on it. And it's it's one of those boards over there. It's the colourful pink and blue one. Um, awesome. And uh, that was his signature board. And we did a run of those and we got them into the shop and they like literally sold out in the day that we put them on sale and stuff. And uh, that was just our way of sort of saying thanks to him for sort of helping us get to where we we are at the moment as a brand, you know? Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that's it, man. I was saying that. I was talking to someone the other day. I was like, it was a skate park. They had an indoor skate park, and I was talking to them, and they were asking me about, you know, like, what does it take to, like, turn someone pro? And I was like, well, like, you've had a skate park for X amount of years, you've like built up this community of people like it just takes someone like that uh wants to invest a little bit into that rider and that rider being able to do the work and marketing to sell those skateboards you know and like you're a skate park like you've already invested in skating for years and built this up like you could turn someone pro if you like you know what i mean like just trying to like explain how that might work you know yeah because it's weird nowadays it's like back in the day I feel like you had to ride for a certain board brand and they had to turn you pro. But now like there's so many different communities and so many great skaters that it's like, we need more establishments, like whether it's a skate shop or a skate park to like take on that role. And like, you know, if you can turn someone pro, that's like a gift, you know? Well, that, that, that's it. Like, and you know, we have um, Jamie Griffin who won battle of the barracks there yeah. um, this year. And like, he's from an hour and a half away from us and, you know, he's probably the most famous Irish skater there is, um, you know, and he's doing phenomenal stuff now. And he's sponsored, um, so he is by a UK brand, I think. And again, UK brands are now starting to come out, um, come out of the woodwork as well. And, um, you know, historically growing up, it was, you know, all American brands that, that people were skating and, you know, Santa Cruz and Paul Perelta and stuff like that. And, now there's a, you know really good homegrown industry that's that's here and getting bigger um and you know there, there's companies that um uk board companies that have full proteins now and stuff like that and it's it's just great to see because again you know like i always say i sort of grew up grew up in the mtv generation that i was like oh my god i just want to go to america i want to go to new york it's phenomenal i love everything about america and 
Um, you know, everything you wanted was was from the States. And now the younger kids are growing up and they're seeing brands, hopefully like ourselves and other UK brands and Irish brands. And they're, you know, it's more relatable to them because it's on their doorstep and, you know, it's from where they're at, you know, so it's great. And we hope to get to the stage that, you know, the guys that we, we have sponsored at the moment that we're hopefully, you know, on down the line, we're, we're making enough money that we're able to then say to them, listen, let's give you a salary and turn you pro and, you know, take it from there because we do have some of the best skaters in the country, on, you know, on our team. And it's just, it's just a matter of time. And they're, they're aware of that. And sometimes I feel guilty that, we're not at that stage yet, but then I look at that photograph again and go, Jesus, that was only a year ago. We'll get there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was That's that's what I was telling them too. I was like, it's not necessarily like you can just turn anybody pro too. It's got to be like someone who's worked for it because like you can't give them like all the keys to the castle before, you know? It's like you got to earn your title as a pro. Like I remember I had to get photos in every magazine, like a checkout in every magazine. Like there was like certain hoops you had to do. You had to have certain video parts and like it was like oh, I love that about that being an amateur and like having goals that I could achieve, you know? Yeah. And I was like trying to explain it to the skate park dude, person too. I was like, yeah, like – if you find someone that has that fire and is going to go out there and build up their own brand and their name and like draw attention and help and like you'll they'll do the work too you know like so you have to earn a pro board i feel like yes yeah, to, to some degree you know like <clears throat> that's it that was important to me i always wanted to feel like i worked for it and like earn the skateboard i just like i always wanted people to be like yeah he should be pro like he did the work you know that's it and do you know in, in the business and as a skater, like, you know, if, if you want to make it successful, work ethic is huge. You know what I mean? And I, I work with some people that have phenomenal work ethic and they're just like, they're 100%, 100% of the time, you know, and they're just yeah. constantly, and they're passionate about it and they see the vision and they, they, they see the opportunity and they see, yeah, this is something that can work to, that that can work and you know it, it's great working with other like-minded people like that and it's it's great seeing people with that passion that, that you know it's all they want and they will do everything that they can possibly do to make it happen because do you know what like again i'm very mindful that you're the only one person can can figure out your destiny and that's yourself you know what i mean and if there's something you want you have to go for it because nobody's going to hand it to you yeah, you definitely got to fit. You got to be aiming at something. <laughs> Otherwise, it. they'll pull you in every which way and you'll think, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I when I was growing up too, like most of the pros, like they weren't all getting paid, you know, not from the board brands. Like they were getting paid from a, a footwear brand or apparel brand, yeah. you know? I Actually, when I wrote for Birdhouse, they never paid. They The way they did it was I they paid for our apartment, which was amazing because I just lived in Southern California and we had a van with a gas card. So literally a, a 15 passenger van with a gas card. I lived with a filmer and Westgate and we had like uh, Matt Ball, Shaneen. But basically we all just lived in a skate house and we had a vehicle with a gas card. And our only mission was to like try to get into magazines and stack clips for videos and, you know, and they got me sponsored by Split, which was a... 
apparel brand in Southern California and they paid me, they paid me monthly. And that was like six. So I had like, I was riding for birdhouse. They covered all the things I needed, like the filmer, the van, the gas and the living situation. And I was in the middle of the skateboard industry, you know, like, um, <clears throat> but yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. That was like, uh, and that worked out awesome, you know? And, the, and there's the been part. there's been times even when I was pro too that I ended up having to work a job, you know, like I couldn't yeah. make enough money being pro, you know. But like, like here, like we live like Port Rush, where our first shop was, is a very tourist summer driven town. So like, sort of from St Patrick's Day, which is the middle of March, through to the start of September, it is chaos busy thousands upon thousands of people but then you get the first week of september and it's literally like somebody switches the light off and um it just dies <clears throat> you know and uh it's this this is our first winter <clears throat> pardon me this is our first winter in the business going through that and it's sort of like you know everything was fantastic during the summer because the shop was busy we had all these staff working for us, you know, with the ski at school was busy and stuff like that. And then the winter comes and all of a sudden you're, you're still trying to keep everybody happy, keep the business going, make sure that you, you make it through the winter in your first year and stuff like that. So it's, it's definitely, you know, to work with people that have that see the same vision as what you see and have that same passion makes it a lot easier and sort of, you know, you're talking about having your apartment paid for and stuff like that. That's fantastic because you didn't then have to worry about anything. You could just go skating and do what you needed to do. But at the same time, there's other times that, you know, the world, you have to be a bit more realistic and you have to go and get a job to to support what you want to do as well, you know, and um, we're, we're learning that at the moment that, you know, there's going to be times that are really busy and there's going to be times that are quieter and, what one of the things we're doing to try and counteract that now is um this week at some stage we're relaunching our our website which you know is going to sell obviously our stuff but it's going to be selling everything all other brands and stuff like that as well you know and we're going to build that over the next year in the hope that you know in the future that'll see us through the quieter times of the winters and stuff like that as well you know yeah totally the there's always ups and downs in anything like the long even most businesses you know so when they're that downtime that's when you gotta clean house go through everything organize tighten it up find a like figure out where you can work on that's not as strong as it was and tighten it up for the next round you know like businesses definitely like that like you gotta you're living you're learning when good times are good things are flowing and you're in it and it's amazing but the bad times come and then if you just sit back and dwell then then you might sink but if you keep hustling and you keep your eye on the ball and you like i love i love sometimes when it slows down and i have time to go through everything and like yeah. organize and see what i actually have and like get get tighten everything back up you know because it gives you that space to breathe a little bit it's see, ner we, nerve -wracking, we, but <laughs> we sort of fell into retail so we we start off as an online shop you know a website and selling stuff that way and then we were literally out on the beers one night and at like three o'clock in the morning we were like why don't we open a shop 
and we thought it was a great idea. And then six weeks later, we opened the doors to our first shop. And then that was at, that was just after Easter. So we were then smack straight into the summer season. So chaos, busy. Yeah. Um, and then we've literally just come out of that a couple of months ago. And now we're sort of getting that time to go, holy shit, what's just happened in the last six months? Like, you know, because we didn't plan to have a shop. And the second we decided we were going to have a shop, we realized we've only got a couple of weeks to get it open and get distributors and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we're, we're still working with getting more distributors. And we, we, there's, you know, we have one of our shops we're able to sell certain products, but in our Port Rush shop, we can't because a couple of the surf shops have the same distributor. Um, so we're working around that minefield as well. So it's it's good now that we have that time just to sort of sit, think about what we've done, figure out the mistakes that we've made, and then hopefully get it, um, you know, get a good solid plan and a good solid structure for the business before we hit St. Patrick's Day again and we're back into the, the crazy time of the year for us, you know? Yeah, totally. It's good to like, it's good to be talking about it and be ready and just start to game plan. And, you know, you guys are doing, it seems like you're doing the right things and you're, you're living it. So it's awesome. Like, yeah, it's, do you know what, man? It's like, I've been a teacher for the last 17 years and um, the whole teaching industry has completely changed over the last 17 years and it's it's a hard job you know what i mean um and uh but it's an enjoyable job you know what i mean but this is something for me if you know what i mean and it's something that i'm doing for myself it's something <clears throat> that i always wanted to do and um like covid was so shit for so many reasons obviously but i still I'm adamant that a lot of good came out of COVID that, you know, that would never have happened if COVID didn't happen. And I don't just mean for me personally, like it gives so many people time to realign their lives, time to spend time with their family, time to, you know what, this is something I've always wanted to do. I've got the time now to actually think about it and make it happen. And that's how, that's how Ravi started. You know, one, one of my mates, came to me with an idea and I was like, yeah, cool. No problem. Um, I'll help you with a wee bit of design work. And then, you know, I ended up getting involved properly in it. And then I spoke to one of my other mates who's a web designer. And I was like, listen, how much would you charge me for, for setting up a website for us? And he was like, I want a third of the company. And I was like, what? He's like, I want a third of the company. I was like, fuck off. You're not getting a third of the company. I just want a website. And then <laughs> then we sort of, we got off the Zoom call and I started another call with my mate whose original idea it was. And he was like, hold on. Do you know how to build a website? I was like, no. He's like, nor do I. He's like, he's going to do, we're, we're about to launch a web, web shop. We need this guy. So we got him involved. And you know what? It's those decisions were the best decisions we ever made you know and um we all still have like jobs outside of railway and stuff like that but we're moving in that direction that hopefully you know by this time next year we're all doing it full time um 
it's getting to the stage that we've built it and it's it's got that momentum that we think if we went out at full time it would work and it would work really well um so we're just taking this time now over the next couple of months to figure out where we want to get to how we want to get to that and uh how you know how we're going to do that within the the financial means that we have you know yeah it's good to have people if it's good if you're in a business or in a thing that you actually like it drives you it animates you you know because you're not going to give up on it if it really gets your heart going if you're have an emotional attachment to it you know it's like worth working at you know so if, if you have people that are reliable and you guys seem like you're on the right path so it's just like keep adjusting until it works you know if you don't give well, up on if you don't give up on things and you have that enthusiasm life finds a way you know that that's it and like there are as you know perks of owning a clothing label as well like you know what i mean because you know there's free clothes going and stuff like that you know um but like we're, we're really sort of <clears throat> developing the um our own brand with regards to skate stuff um you know we've got a plan for a a series of decks um five or six decks and and you know in a series uh and we're looking at wheel manufacturers and stuff like that as well to get our own our own wheels done um and you know with our second shop opened right beside a brand new skate park which has been fantastic and we that just we opened that just opened right yeah that opened uh start of september nice man. so it did so it's like um 30 minutes 40 minutes up the road from where i live um it started in september and uh we we sort of hosted the first skate jam that was at it um and like the park was absolutely chocker block it was rammed um and it was great and it's been really interesting because our shop is literally 20 meters from the skate park in in the park that the skate park's in um and like it's been really interesting because at the start whenever the park opened nobody was wearing rawi gear at all and now you know anytime i'm up at the shop at least like a third of the people in the park are wearing one of our t-shirts or one of our beanies or, you know, have this, even the scooter kids have our stickers on their scooters, you know, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's really nice just seeing, seeing the brand develop in a new location as well. And, um, the, the council for that area, um, were, were really cool because they, Built, there was no skate scene there at all in that in that town um and they built the skate park in the hope that it would generate a skate scene and it has and that the you know we didn't go looking for the shop there the council approached us and and says listen we've seen what you've done in port rush would you come down we we have premises here and you know it's it's just really good to see a forward thinking council you know um and then we're obviously working with our council up in, on the north coast in Port Rush. Um, there's been a 25-year campaign, 24-year campaign for a skate park in our hometown uh, in, in Port Rush. And uh, we think we're on the verge of getting it getting it done in, in the next year or two, which will be great. Um, and in the meantime, the council have handed over 
or or are letting the skaters use um a square in the center of town um and as a meeting with the council last night and they're going to ensure it they're going to cordon it off from the general public um we're going to get uh buy a full street course for it and install it in um and the council are going to let that be for the next year at least um with the view to extend it until a skate park a proper skate park's developed in the town so lots of great things happening you know that's amazing dude that's so cool yeah (laughs) it's it's kind of scary as well like because you know we're we're scary from a business point of view so you know obviously we want to support the community that that we're, we're based within and um we, we try to do that as much as possible um but at the same time you know we're about to buy several thousand pounds worth of ramps and install them in and you know it's i i can't wait until that happens because um there's going to be a big sense of pride there from from me and stuff like that but it's also you know it's just going to be so rad for for the the local area because you know and a lot of them don't know what's happening yet um but there's going to be better facilities by january than there has ever been in this area um and although it's a, a temporary temporary park and temporary ramps and stuff like that it's 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 going to be awesome like you know what it's it's going to be like a skate park but just just hopefully one that's there until a concrete park's built you know yeah dude that's 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 a dream right there when i was in new hampshire we just skate like the gas stations if i wish someone was doing even temporary ramps i'd be like dude this is sick like i i remember going to skaters island skaters island back in the day and it was just so cool to see people coming from different areas and being able to measure yourself with other people not in like a competitive way but just like being around different skaters and seeing what people or levels are at and it just feeds the fire it makes it like it it adds to the scene in the community that's so cool though that's awesome man it's like we, we, skate were, parks, we were skate parks are a fucking net positive for a community like it's clear that skateboarding has it's helps people like a lot of people like it's crazy how many people have found identity through skateboarding through the act of skateboarding you know and to have places where they can meet up and hang out and network and just have fun and skate and like you have it's like awesome that's the best part about where i live is like it's so divided, but there's so many different scenes and skate parks. And it's like, you yeah, yeah. go into any area and I'm like, wow, they have like such a sick skate scene. And that dude skates. I never see anyone who skates like that or like that version of that human, or it's like the coolest thing. Well, d- during the summer, the, the, the area that is there, the council came along and it was all DIY makeshift fronts and stuff like that. And the, the council came along with like a, 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 a van lorry thing and, took all the ramps and like it caused complete outrage and uh i look back on it now and i go it was the best thing that could have happened because they got the council got so much bad publicity off it that they then had to do something positive and it's actually been really cool because it's not just us there's there's been other entities involved in in coming to a, a solution and we'll find that actually when the council sits down and actually talks to us, 
and, and talks to the community and talks to all the relevant parties, they actually get it. And yeah. part, of, part of what's happened over the last 20 years is there's been no communication, so they just didn't get it, if you know what I mean. And they, they don't get the, the ownership that the young people have of the area and the the community that's built around it. And, you know, there's parents down there, there's three-year-old kids learning to stand on a board, there's 20-year-old guys that are totally shredding it. And, the, you know, one of the things I can honestly say is, like, since opening the shop, the, com the community that we've got involved with are fantastic and they look after each other. The sport itself <clears throat> is great for mental health and all that as well, which is, you know, which is shit in young people at the moment. You know, there's so many of the, the young people and the older people like ourselves that struggle with mental health. And it's just that sense of community and friendship and, you know, just being able to go down there and, and have fun is just phenomenal. Like, yeah, man, especially nowadays with like just the phones, like you can just build a prison for yourself and never have to do anything or never get your heart going and just be, you can like, and you can watch all the news and all the chaos and of the, it's 24 seven rain and terror out there. You know, if you don't have something that engages you in life, something that actually gets you to move your physical body and you have to be fully in the moment cause you'll get hurt. Otherwise, like the act of skating is you're balancing and your mood. It's like poetry or it's like music or something. Yeah. It's like, um, so it's like, it's amazing. It's, it's a, one of the best things, you know? So for a city or a town to see that and go, yeah, this is like, not a waste of time. This is very valuable in, in well, developing humans, like and people figuring out how to balance. That's it. And we, yeah. we um we were asked to host a skate jam during the summer and we, we did it at the end of August, start of August. And um we were totally blessed with like beautiful weather and uh we had like I would say a thousand people at the skate jam. That's you know, awesome. and it, it was done in this square. We did it without the permission of the council. And I remember I was on the mic first thing in the morning and uh, like a whole pile of council workers pulled up and I was like, oh, we're going to get shot down. And they stood and watched for about 10 minutes and they disappeared. And then about 10 minutes later, a whole pile of cops turned up and I was like, oh, they're, they're going to shut us down. And they didn't. They let it go. And it was brilliant. And then we did, we had like an under 16 competition, over 16 competition, heavy jump. And then the last competition was um, a go big or go home. Um, so with like an amphitheater and it's got a huge step drop into it. Um, and it was like go big or go home, just whatever you can do off it, you know. And uh, there's so many people watching that the cops rock rocked up again and we're like they're gonna shut us down and they stood there and what they actually did was they they got the the public to stand back to let the skaters come through to, to go off the steps and i was like that's fucking class you know what <laughs> i mean i was like so convinced they were going to shut us down and they actually they let they kept the the public out of the way the, the skaters to let the skaters do what they were doing i was just like it was so awesome and then in one of the local bars we had there's a load of bands played that night and it was just like another perfect day that for many people they'll remember for a long time you know
Yeah, totally, dude. That's awesome. I'm glad the cops let you guys live. Let you yeah, live. The, cop, the, the <laughs> cops are pretty chill around here, so they are. You know, they're not, they're not too bad. They're all right. You know. Yeah, man. Especially after going through the crazy pandemic stuff, I hope they all chill out, dude. It's crazy how life can get. You know, it's like we gotta remember to have some fun and like get along. And that's live, it, man. Live a little that, bit. That's the, you know, like you say, if if you if you sit and watch the news, like the world's fucked you know what i mean but if you go out and actually meet people face to face there's a lot of good happening out there totally totally yeah it's insane it's it's amazing it's a com consumption thing you got to balance it out you know because i love going on my phone and i love seeing what people create and post and all that stuff but it's a balancing act. You got to fucking know when you got to actually go out and create the content and move around and like go yeah. skate and whatever, you know, like people can neglect certain sides of them, you know, it's crazy. I love skateboarding. It's been like one of the best things in my life for sure. And like, I was never big in the competition and like being like, um, like, like I'm fine that skateboarding can be a sport, you know, but I'm like, yeah. that's not exactly why I found value in skateboarding. I was always like, I just need somewhere to like work on something that I have somewhat control over that challenges me and I can work through my emotional issues and like then meeting other people that were skating that were doing the same thing, like help me get healthier and better and like skate better, you know, and feel better and like that side of skateboarding like really helped out a lot in the competitive side. I've like, I've never really been completely against it. I like to make fun of it sometimes. Cause it's just fun to make fun of sports, you know, like that's half of fun in sports is you, yeah. you got a shit talker in the stands, bro. <laughs> that's but, it, uh, yeah. but, uh, and I'm not mad on that. I mean, I'm, I like sports too, but, um, yeah, but that side of skateboarding, I love that's like the grassroots side where you just like, bunch of friends just get together and it's like this is our thing that we're gonna fucking play around with and figure life out with <laughs> there, there's a there's a guy in our local town who's like one of the best skaters in the country and uh i went and spoke to him and i was like mate listen we want you on the team you know what i mean the team would be so awesome if you're on it and he gave me the best response ever and i have so much respect for him he's like dude I really appreciate the offer, but I just want to skate for me, not for anybody else. I don't want to be small. I just want to skate for me, you know? And I just thought that's what it's all about. You know, it's, that's great. Yeah. Know? That's cool. Uh, I've, I've gone through all the stages. <laughs> I've gone from like being that little kid. That's like, I want to be sponsored so bad to do all the cool stuff to then doing it to like, now it's like, Sometimes I just get want to have a super mellow session, <laughs> like yeah, just a it. mini ramp in my friend's backyard, you know. <laughs> so funny. But no, it's like, like I was never, never a really good skater. I could hold my own if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, and and people are like, oh, you run a skate brand and you don't skate. I'm like, well, no, I do skate, but. I don't have a lot of time for skating, if you know what I mean, because I'm trying to, I've, I've got like the teaching, I've got the live events, I've got the skate brand, I've got a family, you know what I mean? But for like, since right back before I met you originally, like the whole scene and everything to do with it as like from fashion to music to, to the people involved in the scene has 
been such an influence on my life. It's unbelievable, you know. And my daughter, you know, we got her aboard last year and she's good on a board. Like, you know what I mean? Like she's seven, she's she's skating core pipes and stuff like that. She wow. doesn't have that, you know, that fire in her belly for skating, if you know what I mean. But she she enjoys doing it. And I'm just like, listen, it's just because I enjoy it doesn't mean you have to enjoy it. If you want to take the board out and go on it, that's cool. But, you know, I'm not going to push you. But, you know, for me, it's really defined a big part of who I am as a person. And, and it's, you know, it's just been a fantastic and still is. A, and it's ho hopefully going to end up being a full-time career for me. It's just been a fantastic influence on my life, you know, and, you know, I often laugh because, you know, at the end of the day, it's a piece of wood and four wheels. Like, it's not the most complicated thing in the world. <laughs> you know? Totally, man. I I look at it like that, too. It's like it is just a piece of wood and wheels. It's <clears> like <throat> the people that put the energy into it that make it something, yeah. you know? That's what gives it purpose, you know? Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, skateboarding definitely is one of the best things. Thank God for it. Definitely, like... uh I know a lot of people out there can relate and that's why skateboarding is like where it's at, you know, where there's so many rad people skateboarding because it has value. The point of it, it has value. Like it's so cool. That's it. And like over here you have like the, you know, it, it's the same probably everywhere. It's the same probably where you're from. You know, you have those kids that are lost and don't know who they are and are troubled and they're in the skating. And then you have like, total middle class people that are in the skating and you know a lot of the guys a lot of my brother's friends whenever i was growing up you know here in their 50s now um still skate and like i know for a fact two of them that live in my hometown uh one of them has a mini ramp in his back garden and they both skate it every tuesday night together and that's you know their friendship because life becomes so busy that sometimes you don't get to see your friends the whole time they set aside every Tuesday night to skate the mini ramp and you know they're they're in their early 50s and they're they're still killing it on the mini ramp you know hell yeah those are like triumphs those days are like you get a good session in that you like needed to have a good session because you've been working you had no freedom and you're like you just get to go have fun let maybe land something you sweat your ass off your heart's beating you have some laughs People are landing tricks. You're cheering. Our skate scene's killing it. I love it, man. It's like I love where I am. I love my area. Like I went out to Cali. It was awesome. It was a great time. Like I was saying, like everything was taken care of and all that stuff. And I moved back home from that. You know, <laughs> like I was like I miss kind of being being at home. And where I'm at, it's the same. We got the winters. That's why like indoor park helps a lot. We have this yeah. one, the Edge Indoor Skate Park. It's thirty thousand square foot skate park, indoor park with a foam pit. It's got all. T it's a basically three three skate parks inside a building. And it's like unbelievable. And, and it's like I was saying, we're in New England, so there's all the states are right here, like pretty close. You can drive, and um, people come from all over to go to the skate park because it's huge in in the middle of winter. And I meet so many people; it's insane. Like my memory is kind of tough because like I go there if I go there twice a week, I'm gonna see so many new people, especially in the yeah. thick, thick of winter when everyone's like just trying to skate and be busy, you know, like try to get a day in there, you know. But that, that that's cool what you're saying about the fact you lived in Cali and then you came home like so I do a, a podcast similar to yourself um nice. called the tiki called the tiki sessions 
Um, and it's basically me and a mate of mine who owns a tiki bar, cocktail bar. Um, and we, we film it in the bar. Um, and we, we bring guests into the bar and we sit and we have drinks and we talk about it. And, you know, like I say, no- Northern Ireland has 1.8 million people. It's, it's a small country. And um, we have so many phenomenal sporting stars that have come out of Northern Ireland, you know, and they've lived. I've had a lot of them on to um, the Tiki sessions, like Pete Stewart was number three in the world, wakeboarding. Al Meany is one of the most famous big wave surfers who, who discovered Nazarene in Portugal, which is the biggest, gnarliest surf spot in the world now and stuff like that. And all of them have lived all over the world and, you know, in in places like California and Australia and stuff like that. And they all come home because they love the people that are... And I think that's the same with people no matter where they come from, lots of people go away. And like, I went away for university and uh, I lived in Scotland for a while and stuff like that. But as soon as I, I was done doing that, it was like, yeah, I need to move back home. I want to live back home. Um, I want to stay there. I want to build my life there. And it's really cool whenever you come from a place that has that draw to bring you back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's unbelievable. It's good. Like we were just earlier in the podcast, we were talking about how amazing travel is and it is. Because it just yeah. opens it up and you see everything. and But then it made, for me, it just made me miss home and the people back home, you know? It's just I'll like say, eventually yeah. I was like, I just want to go home. And like this is like, I don't know. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I did the same thing. Moved home and I'm like, I'm living here. This is it. Like this is where we're doing it, <laughs> you know? Like I don't want to go anywhere else. So. <laughs> um, and then are all, are all your team skiers, are they all from from home or are they all over the place? Uh, a lot of them are from around here, but uh, Timmy's from Florida, but he lived in Colorado and Florida. He, bounce, he was bouncing back and forth, but he's in Florida now. Derek's Derek Fukahar is from California. I met both those guys when I rode for World Industries back in the day, yeah. so they were my team. They were pros with me on that team. And then Billy Drowns from Taunton, Mass., which is where that skate park is, The Edge, and yeah. I, met, I met Billy De- there. Billy's awesome. He, he's pro for all I need. He was one of my first riders. And uh, he's a licensed electrician too, like full on yeah. just became a licensed electrician. The dude can do both, you know, like, and he, uh, he's killing it, man. He's got a house, got a girl, got a dog, got a mini ramp in the back, like the apple pie, basically, you know, the American dream. Uh, and then, so he's from Taunton and I met Billy at the edge, just being the older dude skating there. And I, uh, just such a cool dude that, that like loved skating. Like, like I could see he was going to stick with it for his whole life you know when you find someone you're like yeah this person's a lifer and like he's that you know like and then um cory gunan's from plymouth mass and cory's the same like he couldn't he could care less about competition could care less about what's cool like i i have to like try to keep him pro sometimes because he's like (laughs) you know he's like i don't know if i want to be pro i'm like gunan you rip your style like he's like (laughs) But he's so good. He lived with me for a while. We had an extra bedroom, me and my lady, and he just lived with us. And then he met my lady's friend and fell in love. And now he lives like seven minutes from me. So like Class. that was pretty epic. They just got married. And uh, and then um, so he's from Plymouth, Mass. And then who am I? Evan Mansalillo. He's from Narragansett, Rhode Island. And I met him through my sales rep or vice versa. Can't remember. But um, 
Evan was just a talented young kid that just had drive. He was helping uh, fundraise for the Narragansett Skate Park or the Wakefield Skate Park um, OMF. And he would always throw events and raise do fundraisers and stuff. So he was like a young kid doing this just for like, yeah, yeah. just to like take on some responsibility. And he always skated really hard, you know, it's, and um, he's pro for us. And Evan's just a destroyer, like endless video parts. Um, yeah, man. And then uh, there's this kid, Kevin too, from here, Kevin Clem, who's pro for world industries. Yeah. Um, Kevin's was awesome too. Cause Kevin, I met, Kevin, a long time ago, his mom opened up a skate shop in Middleborough. And this is, they were like the first shop to carry all I need. And it's when we only made t shirts. And uh, I met Kevin and his mom and his sisters and stuff. And she was a single mom just trying to open a skate shop with kids, you know? Like, it was six. They had it going for a while. It, did, it lasted for a while. But I met Kevin, and Kevin just had that drive and fire and such a bright kid. And, uh, he ended up being an intern for me at All I Need and on the podcast. He was like yeah. editing and doing all this stuff. And he's pro for world. He him and his lady and my friend Sammy who films, they just moved out to Cali. So they're they're living out there. But I have a feeling they'll be back. Because we already yeah. miss we already miss his ass, you know? Like <laughs> um, Well listen, let let's get some of your stuff over to Europe and get a over to Ireland here in the UK. We'll you know, as I said to you before, we'll stalk it. You know what I mean, and spread yeah. the word over here. You know, definitely. Let's let's definitely keep in touch and uh, help each other out where we can. You know, I'm fully yeah. down, man, and I would love to come out there. So that's definitely going to go on my list of things. You know, to it's an you know. open invitation. You want to bring the guys out? We'll we'll sort it and we'll arrange it, and you guys fly in and we'll look after you. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Um. It's nice to catch up, Stu, man. It's been so yeah, long. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a minute, like, so it's, it's good. Yeah, it's cool because, like, I remember meeting you and being like, I really liked it. I I mean, everyone on that trip was like, Stu's the man. Like, you, you made a good impression. So, like, I just, like, had that impression all this time. And it's nice to actually sit down and get to talk to you and re-meet and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah he's a solid human, just as I, I guessed a long time ago, dude. And, congr and congrats on everything, man. Uh, hard work and faith can make anything work. And if you get yeah. more, more people involved like that, that have a positive vision and hard work and hold to that faith in the vision, uh, anything's possible, you know? So, um, yeah. And it sounds like you guys got a good grip on that. So just keep shredding and we'll do the same, dude. Yeah, that's it, man. Listen, you look after yourself. Yeah, actually, before we go, um, yeah. if you want, if anybody out there wants to check out all you're doing, like what's the socials? Like where can they check it all out just so they have it at the end and they can see it? Yeah, so our uh, easiest ways are Instagram, Rawi Skateboards. Um, so it is. So if you check us out on that, our new website's going live um this week at some stage we're just getting it finished off um you know there's the, the thing that always makes me laugh whenever i go to america like i was in kansas as i was saying um on and we we end up in kansas more me on st patrick's day and uh we went to this bar and it was just like full of college kids and they were all just going mental and we we sort of stuck out like like the bad penny in the bar and then we went next door to this dive bar and um the second we walked in and they discovered that we were from ireland and we were there on st patrick's day we drank free the rest of the night it was phenomenal and every single person we met was like yeah i'm irish and i'm like 
right? So where where, where are you from? Um, Kansas, right? So how are you Irish? <laughs> right, great, 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 great. Grandfather was Irish. I'm like, right, okay, cool. So like, <laughs> like, like I said, we don't want to just be a, a brand that's selling to, to people in our own area. We, we want to sell worldwide, like, you know what I mean? So Hell if yeah. you're out there and you're American, but you're Irish as well, we're the brand for you. Give, give us a, you know, follow us and, and, you know, see what we're doing, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. And the podcast, where can people check out the, where can I can check so, out the podcast? So the podcast is if you go on to um, YouTube and look up the Tiki Sessions, um, there's about 20 episodes, I think. Tiki, uh, T-I-K-I, right? T-I-K-I, yeah. yeah. Um, tiki Sessions, and uh, you'll you'll see me probably on the thumbnail um but yeah there's about 20 of them um we actually the the last one we did um uh we interviewed a guy called Cormac Neeson who's from a ba- a northern irish band called the answer um and uh we did it with a live studio audience and um we uh i i ended up so drunk in the middle of it but um <laughs> He was like, he got flown out to New York by the record company and they were recording uh, in America and they their manager came into them at like 11 o'clock in the morning and they were giving the manager so much shit that they're like, you know, you've signed us and, and we're doing nothing. Yeah, you've flown us out here to record, but, you know, w- what's your plan for us? And he was like, come on, we'll go for a pint. And they're like, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. And he's like, come on, we'll go to a bar, we'll get a, we'll get a drink. And uh, they're sat in the bar and the, the manager gets them all, all a pint of beer and uh, throws down a piece of paper in front of all of them and goes, have a read of that. And uh, Cormac says he turned the front page and it said like something like 1st of July, Madison Square Garden, 2nd of July, Madison Square Garden, full world tour, ACDC at the top. They, they support ACDC on their world tour, you know, and... Wow. Uh, stories like that and you know there's like i say we've interviewed people like uh pete stewart who's three uh third in the world wakeboarding we interview free divers um a girl uh local girl called alex who um created so we live um if you watch any american film whenever they say they're drinking scotch whiskey they're drinking actually Irish whiskey, so they're drinking Bush Mills whiskey because they always say it's Scotch, but it's always a bottle of Bush Mills. We live just down the road from that distillery, and Alex works for the distillery, and they said to her, "Do you want to make your own whiskey?" Um, so she um made a whiskey called Sexton whiskey, and uh, it's the official uh whiskey of the Walking Dead HBO series, wow. and uh, it's now the number one selling single malt whiskey in the united states um so we talked to her about stuff so we talked to loads of people i just i I like meeting people talking to people from all walks of life and the sort of the 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 idea behind the tiki sessions is people from northern ireland that have done amazing things on the world stage if you know what i mean um and we're we're very you know we're very conservative with regards to shouting about our accolades and how well we've done stuff. And the Tiki Sessions is, is a sort of way of getting those stories out there to people. So yeah, if if you want to hear me talk shit for 40 minutes to an hour, check them out. 
Hell yeah. That sounds fun. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate everything. And uh, let's just keep in touch and we'll figure out how to keep working together because this was really fun, man. No, I appreciate it, man. Like you say, it's been so good because obviously when we were on tour like 20 odd years ago, it was just a full on 100 miles an hour, 10 days. And, you know, there's not, you know, we all walked away from that tour with impressions of everybody that was on that tour. And like, this is the first time, like we chatted a month ago or whatever, but this is the first time we've really ever sat down and had a, a proper sensible conversation about about ourselves so it's been awesome dude thank you yeah no worries man uh and we'll have to do another podcast sooner or later we'll life pass and then we'll have a episode yeah. two my dude <laughs> awesome listen yeah, take so. care man and this is the all i need skate podcast if you enjoy the podcast please let us know by subscribing liking and sharing an episode Hello everybody, I'm Anthony Shetler, the host with the most. Each and every episode is brought to you by All I Need, which is skateboarding. If you found this episode valuable, please consider sponsoring an episode by making a purchase from our online skate shop at allineedskate.com. We have the finest 7-ply Canadian maple skateboards made right here in the USA, and we have 12 years worth of graphics to choose from, as well as some of the most comfortable apparel out there. If you would like a shout out on the show, all you got to do while checking out of our online store is find the customer notes section and write down what, where, and who you'd like me to shout out.